This is KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM. Streaming, as always, the World Wide Web at KXSF.FM. Thank you to our frequency partners, KSFP San Francisco Public Press, for holding it down for the last six hours. And now, you got us. San Francisco Community Radio in the house until midnight. The frequency uplift today and tonight, the second Sunday's poet. Darius Simpson in the house, educator, poet, author, and revolutionary organizer, will bring words from his recent compilation, Never Catch Me. In the background, a little flying lotus, war at the door. FM broadcasting on Ramaytush, Ohlone Territory.
handle the real science. Leave us, let us be. Let the band 
And that was new music from Irreversible Entanglements, the album just out on Impulse, Protect Your Light. We heard Degrees of Freedom. And in the background and before that, Flying Lotus from 2019's Yasuki War. At the door, we're rejoining our second Sunday's poet, Darius Simpson. I want to let you know that Old Jerusalem is proud to underwrite KXSF. 102.5 FM, a small family-owned Mediterranean restaurant with a beautiful heated outdoor patio. Old Jerusalem is 16 years in the heart of the mission. Their West Bank cuisine is a traditional spread of Middle Eastern delights ranging from lamb, mansaf, shawarma, kebabs to vegetarian dishes like falafel, homemade hummus, plus their famous dessert kunafa made in-house on a, a traditional cast iron griddle. So check them out if you can. You can check them out at www.oldjerusalem.co or you can visit at 2966 Mission Street at 26, just a couple blocks from 24th Street, Bart in San Francisco. Thank you, Old Jerusalem, for supporting San Francisco Community Radio. I am honored to be with today poet and educator, activist and organizer, Darius Simpson, who just released or released in 2020, the collection um, Never Catch Me. Out on Button Poetry, it's a beautiful book, Poems for, for, for Liberation. And I was really struck both by the beginning and end of the sections, how they, they are bookended, but especially by the quote that you begin section one with, there is no revolution without love and there is no love without revolution. If you do not believe in my liberation, you do not love me. If you do not work towards my liberation, you do not love me. That's from Mel Alagbala from the Agape movement. Tell me a little bit about why you chose that quote and how that frames the work of Never Catch Me. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for that. Just to note, the book actually dropped in uh, 2022. Ah. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that it feels like it's been out for, you know, three <laughs> years. It feels that familiar. Um, this, the quote, started with that quote because I think that what I've seen and understand of uh, poetry or art with an explicit politics, um, which I think is different than uh, political poetry or political art, uh, is that there tends to be possibly two extremes where one end is, you know, maybe a crystal clear analysis of uh, capitalism, analysis of the material condition of uh, imperialism or colonialism and um, all their offshoots might have a super clear alternative of what could be next as opposed to this reality. Um, and on the other end, there's art that makes some sort of uh, conflation on where the, you know, all we can do in the face of all this madness, in the face of all this war and genocide is to love our family, is to be kind to one another and things like that. And so I think it was important for me to bring the two together in that, in this quote. Um, and I that's the reason I chose the quote, that, you know, um, and, that, and that it brings those two things together in a really beautiful way to say that the, the love, the humanity, the emotions not distinct from the organizing, nor the organizing distinct or separate from 
uh, love. To me, this quote is akin to, you know, when Chase says that a true revolutionary is guided by great feelings of love. And so, yeah, I really appreciate the way that it brings those two worlds together. And I think that my poems, because they tend on one side or the other sometimes where I'm like really talking about just my family um, or I'm talking about, you know, why police are are evil. <laughs> um, and it, I think the quote will ground the reader and grounds me even in the, the, the middle ground between those two things and their relationship to each other. Mm. Well, your your work is is beautiful, and there and the politics and the and the the depth of of feeling and the depth of struggle doesn't seem very far from the surface. And you know what I'm saying? Um, can you tell me about the process of the evolution of this? How long how, is this a, a re, like recent collection? Tell me about the evolution of pulling this one together in terms of the work and in terms of the yeah the the process of creation there for you. For sure. I, uh, the oldest poem in the book is from 2018. I was in grad school starting in 2018 at Mills College for an MFA. Mm -hmm. And it kind of forced me to ask the question of, you know, why, what am I writing about? You know, I had to come up with a packet or some kind of final presentation. Um, and we had to consistently be pushing out work. And so I had to ask myself, uh, you know, what was the, you know, what was the reason? And one of my advisors or my advisor, my graduate thesis advisor, um, Trong Tran, a great poet and uh, teacher, he said that he had three questions for us. And one of them was, uh, what are you haunted by? And I think that question really stuck with me in terms of thinking about writing. And it was the, you know, this, this reality, this, uh, this non-inevitable, oppressive uh, reality is what I'm obsessed with in a way that it manifests itself in my loved ones and the people around me. Um, and how we could be doing something, you know, could be talking about it so much more, but we're not. And so it was an invitation to lean into that in a creative way, which kind of brought about the first two sections of the book. Mm -hmm. And then the third section um, really comes from organizing with people's programs. And so I was nearing the end of, um, and they're not chronological, like super clear cut, but mm -hmm. largely they fall into some kind of chronological order in terms of oldest to, to newer. Um, and the third section being like really just reflecting on what does it mean to be uh, a poet that is expressing explicit politics and what what might you say? Um, I was reflecting heavily on Emory Douglas's position paper on revolutionary art, where he talks about what it means to be amongst the people and how the neighborhood is, you know, the first and true canvas for that kind of art and how it has to be useful. And so um people's programs one of the one of our programs is uh people's breakfast oakland where we take out hot meals medical equipment um hygiene packs and other essential items to houseless folks in west oakland and the first poem that came about in that section it was really just writing down what what i was seeing you know around around that area and it was like huh so this is what it might feel like to kind of you know take stock of a reality without having to put like my own spin on it. It's just like genuinely, these are the things that are happening outside. You know, there's a Tesla factory sitting next to a houseless encampment that has an eviction sign on it. You know, and mm -hmm. there's a, you know, there's a there's a poem and that on its own without me saying, you know, uh, this is wrong. Well, that brings me to the request. Is there a poem from that section or or another that you'd like to begin with? I mean, I was just looking at that as your glossary of terms. What would you like to to grace us with to begin with to inspire yeah. us tonight? Now I'm going to start with, uh, you know, he shot at the police, right? You know, 
you know he shot at the police, right? You know, you know he might not have had his hands up. You know he did not mentor at-risk teenagers after school. You know he was not up to date on his YMCA membership. You know his license was suspended and his taillights shattered. You know he wasn't wearing a lick of white when they found him, had his pants sagging, had his shirt untucked, had his lips unbuckled, dripping southern twang all on the concrete. It sounded like a mouthful of honeybees was stuck at the top of his throat. You know he was black. Like black, black, like dark roast coffee beans, black, like ashy knuckles cradling a bottle of wild Irish rose on the sidewalk, black, like scarecrow perched just outside that liquor store doorway, black, like, like purple tar gums and gold teeth, like paper bag hands and menthol breath, like empty black and mild wrappers stuffed in the glove compartment. I heard it wasn't even blood where they left him. I heard it was just stains of red Kool-Aid. I heard it was just puddles of strawberry pop fizz. You know, sugar would have got him if 12 didn't. You know, his teeth were little yellowing daggers. You know, he was a dragon, returned fire, went out in a puff of smoke. You know, he was a weapon, didn't beg for his life or call for his mother or his partner. You know, that nigga went out on his feet, brought a gun to a gunfight, brought mutiny to a slave ship at the Atlantic shoreline. You know, that nigga was a nigga. And I like, ha ha, nigga. Not like next Democratic presidential nominee, nigga. Not like run fast, jump high, nigga. Like worm food covered in tree bark. Like lead water clogging an artery. Like dead leaves stuck in a gutter. Like storm the arsenal and shoot the masters. One of those give me liberty or give me blood types. That nigga had the nerve to want freedom and then go do something about it. And still, what y'all gonna march for him? What would Malcolm X's old zoot suit think? What would a white woman's rendition of Dr. King think? What would the noose say? What if, what if they see us mourning and think we just as dangerous as him? What if I say liberation and they think I mean I hate America? What if I hate America? But don't know no other homeland. What if America hates me back and does something about it, but doesn't leave me time to shoot first? That's brilliant. That's yeah, so powerful, man. And all about moving, <laughs> moving that struggle forward, really, right? Like not taking prisoners on it. Absolutely. It's dedicated to Hakeem Littleton. Tell me a little bit about that. For sure. Uh, so I was in Detroit in summer 2020. It was amidst, you know, all the the national uprisings that were happening. Uh, Detroit was no different. Um, and still, there was, you know, there was an incident where a black boy named Hakeem Littleton was murdered by Detroit pigs. And so we were at a protest, uh, you know, the, the news dropped. And so it, a, a march happened kind of quickly. Um, to the point where, you know, we're outside marching and getting updates on 
the case as we were out there. So somebody hopped on the megaphone and said when the video dropped and, you know, whatever information was being released. I got home after the protest and someone I was dating at the time said that first line, um, like pretty much as soon as I walked in the door. And it was kind of trippy because it was raining. So I was like tired from marching, emotionally exhausted. And also, uh, you know, I got rained on. And this person was like, you know, he shot at the police, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like, I had never been forced to really interrogate what I thought or felt about that until that moment because I'd never been challenged in that way. And I was like, so, you know, so so what, essentially? Mm-hmm. Uh, it also recognized that it comes from a place of uh, a kind of taught defenselessness. You know, we're taught that police, taught that the state are mm-hmm. both inevitable and invincible. And so, you know, how dare we ever defend ourselves against, you know, these monsters? Yes, they are monsters, but, you know, we have to be better than them. We have to, you know, mm-hmm. be full folks, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it comes from that place and from that interaction. Seemed like that relationship might not have lasted, that one. Oh, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so that what's beyond that sort of, to, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it feels like right now in America and in the Bay Area, even and in particular, maybe we're in that place of after those uprisings, after those insurrections, after that fighting back, people are, you know, we're in a, a period of, of, of uh, lashback, backlash, and that, you know, the movements for abolition and defunding have been demonized successfully. And it's like all this struggle around just even the basics of, you know, we had the murderer of uh, Sean Monterosa reinstated the Vallejo Police Department most recently, a few days ago. So how do you feel in this in this time using that poetry and art as that kind of tool to sharpen those contradictions and push, you know, that kind of movement forward? Right on. Yeah, I think that um, art as propaganda, which is which is what it is when you talk about like art being able to heighten or highlight contradictions. It it's propaganda. You know, I mm-hmm. think that there's there's limits to pulling the curtain back consistently right. and saying right. this is what's happening. And I think I, I explicitly say propaganda because that means that there is an objective involved. And I think that it's it's time. It's been time for us to get involved in art making that has political objectives, not just a, a political analysis, not just a political message, but specifically an objective attached to, which means that we have to be involved in something outside, something material, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that political art, uh, art that sharpens or, or heightens contradictions is most effective when when the person creating the thing is attached to a material program, a material organization that mm-hmm. is working to you know, resolve that thing. And not just in some uh, disconnected or hypothetical way where, you know, you can write better poems when you're around people, but, you know, very, very genuinely, you know, how can you write about this condition? One, if you're not um, involved and around it and also not working to, you know, uh, topple it. That means, you know, that if I'm writing, uh, for example, resolutions to uh, rent increases, resolutions to houselessness in my poetry. I'm like, we could be doing this, but I'm not tapped into what houseless folks want. I'm not tapped into what renters are, you know, struggling around. You know, I'm writing some uh, idealistic stuff. You know, I'm, I'm I'm completely disconnected and putting myself on a pedestal, making myself the spokesperson uh, for a condition that I'm completely disconnected from. And so we have a responsibility really to be writing 
propaganda, especially considering that the United States never stops its propaganda machine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like yeah. we're constantly being inundated with the other side's uh, propaganda. So we have to we have to let go of whatever feeling we have around propaganda or choosing sides or not wanting to sound jargony in our in our work and, and recognize that uh we're we're far behind and the only way to to even the score is to really get serious about uh creating our propaganda and um attaching it to material programs material work so that mm-hmm. we're not not just talking yapping our gums yeah yeah FLP, san francisco 102.5 fm But I want to let you know, again, um, we're, we're in the beginning of our, I guess you could call it our fall fundraiser, our fall fund drive. We haven't done this a lot. We have some really great uh, fundraising swag and stuff to offer you. KXSF, you know, is an all-volunteer run and independent community radio station. Everyone from the DJs to the engineers to the webmaster to the volunteer coordinator themselves is a volunteer. Despite all that free talent, talent and uh, amazing inspiration, we, we, we do still have equipment upgrades. Things fall apart as they are wont to do. Studio rentals, tower fees that require more than just our usual charm and good looks. And that's why we turn to you, my dear listener. Can we take a moment to talk about your, your fine assets? Yes. Because... You can make a lot of people happy with all of that. So if you're ready to flaunt what you got, please head on over to kxsf.fm slash support. Click on the donate button, my dear, my dear listener. Thank you for your support. Maybe a little early for that, you know, that hard to come on, but, you know, why not? There's some great fundraisers. So I check out the website, kxsf.fm. Some really lovely stickers, a flexi disc by the amazing Afro-Cuban all-women's band Agua Perla. Uh, some t-shirts, this, that, the other thing, you know, you know the deal. Go to that, click the donate button, and please, you know, maybe maybe save frequency uplift sent you. So all of that. I'm gonna carry on with the interview. Our second Sunday's poet, Darius Simpson. I mean, your work is so powerful and there's such beautiful use of language that, you know, it's part of that old quote of making the revolution irresistible of Mm -hmm. like understanding just how, how important that is to, to feed one's soul is to create, is to take those kind of steps. Right. Um, But, but you bring me, you bring me to a question that I kind of had later on, but we might as well jump there. I mean, you, congratulations. You were just awarded a, a National Endowment for the Arts Poet Award for for 2023. And, you know, here you are writing about this stuff. The feds, what were the feds thinking, I have to say? The radicalism of your work makes that a little surprising. But it also, you also said that it allows you to do organizing work for the people's programs that we're talking about. The Oakland-based New African Organization doing on-the-street stuff, really in the spirit of the Black Panther Party. I guess the question attached to that is so 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 tell me about well I guess there's two questions interesting that you got that NEA award tell me how that came about and uh tell me about the work of the new of 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 the people's programs and how that informs your your work personally and specifically so um I wanted to jump back real quick. To the yeah, no, dude, dude, please. This is your hour, irresistible. I, I've been thinking about that, and I appreciate Sony K. Bambara's quote. And I think that 
like much of mm -hmm, much of the things it it uh gets downplayed and i i'm much more interested in making the the revolution or revolution inevitable mm. and like uh not just beautifying the thing and making it enticing but again coming back to that material work how am i pushing this this reality towards you know a more revolutionary one not just in my words but in my art but uh yes people's programs nea to to get it and to have these politics and to have the the poems because it's the poems from the book that were submitted mm -hmm. um for the thing for anybody that might be listening or maybe for you too that doesn't know how it works essentially you submit a packet of poems um and those poems are evaluated and uh my poems were selected um and i think part of what it says possibly is that you know we're not even in a place where the feds or the federal government are worried about the things and i think that that's that's a, a critique and a note for us who call ourselves uh radicals who call ourselves leftists um i think there's there's something to that uh and i also yeah i think that that's 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 the, to that question um mm -hmm. what it means for me like you said i'm grateful honored to have been selected um uh, I got another award a couple of years ago and there was, you know, that did an interview with a, a homie who had a magazine and um, there was a question around, you know, how does it feel? What does it mean? And I think that it's beautiful and wonderful and I'm grateful. And I wonder about us as artists and poets, what, what things mean the most to us. And I'm not going to downplay the NDA and not going to downplay organizations, but I think about like, what is the, what are the meaningful reactions or responses or awards to our work um because to me it's not necessarily this uh federal body that says you know kind of arbitrarily um you 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 get this this award now um, right but yeah it's cool it's a very cool thing folks really uh fight hard for it i i feel like i worked hard to get the poems to a place where they would be selected so i'm you know grateful that they're um they were received in this way, in a positive mm -hmm. way. And uh, yeah, like I said in my my statement, it allows for me to organize a little more with people's programs. Um, again, just to note, anybody that is not aware, Oakland-based, new African uh, socialist, revolutionary nationalist organization, that means a couple of different things. One, that we understand and recognize that Black folks, Black people in the United States not are that are not just the... And oppressed people, not just an, a marginalized people, but constitute and represent a colonized people inside of the settler colonial United States. Um, that means that, you know, from from the transatlantic slave trade, once slavery transformed uh, into prison labor, uh, there was never a question about what these people who were transported to this place uh, would be what we would do. And instead, we were, you know, thrown into being American. The Juneteenth proclamation when they pulled up in 1865 to, to Galveston, Texas, they said very clearly, y'all are free, but hold up. Don't go nowhere. You know, you will not be able to congregate in public and do not come to the military bases because we won't protect you. And so our, our condition has never really uh, changed or transformed. When you look at any measurement of life, when you look at any uh, quality of life index, Black folks, Africans in the United States constitute the lowest, one of the lowest, if not the lowest categories. And that is a colonial relationship where we remain, you know, filling the prisons, 
first to die, you know, remain not not in control of uh, our condition and our reality to the point we don't even really have black communities anymore because of the way that gentrification has been uh, is it runs runs so rampantly. And so we say that uh, we have a right to sovereignty, to self-determination, that we have a distinct history in this this land after 500 years you know, being transported here, fighting, struggling, living, um, being forced to procreate against our will and some, you know, often procreating aside uh, with our own folks. Um, we, we, we've become a new people, but still have a connection to the African continent. And so, uh, so comes the, the term new African, which is not a creation of people's programs, but the new African independence movement has its own roots. You know, we talk about, uh, you said we are uh, organizing in the spirit of the Black Panther Party. A lot of the Black Panthers who survived the surveillance, assassinations, uh, the trickery of the federal government, they ended up, you know, creating, founding and contributing to the new African independence movement because their political analysis transformed um, or developed to that level. And so we carry on not just the work of the party as it was known, you know, during the uh, 60s to early 70s, but also after when folks were able to make broader commitments or were forced to make broader commitments going underground and all that. Um, so yeah, we say socialists because we understand and recognize capitalism as a, a backward system, an evil system, and that our, our material reality, our social reality is an outgrowth of that. We can't really change the way that uh, prisons operate, the way that uh, people's housing is is exploitative, you know, with, unless we change our, our economic reality and our economic system. Um, which isn't to say that you know we take take a primacy of economics, but we recognize that all this all this flows through because it is beneficial to somebody's pockets, and they have a military structure uh, to back that thing. And so right. we recognize and understand we have to have our alternatives, not just in doing socialist work and hoping that we change minds, but that means we also have we have to be able to defend our programs, you know, in whatever whatever ways that means politically, ide- ideologically, um, and all the ways. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know that I was looking through this the site about all the all the um, work that you guys do in the community, um, and cultural work is obviously a part of that. And also, you know, Hart, you mentioned Emory Douglas is the cultural minister of the the BPP back in the day, and you know, so do you see your work primarily within the program as as a cultural worker, or how how do you? What's your organizing role, and how would you? Yeah, that's a yeah, carry on. I'm oh, sorry, you had one more part. You said, well, how would I suggest? No, how, sort of, a, you know, how would you see that as 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 ine- inevitably linked to this struggle? I guess. The show. Yeah. Uh, to put it in more material, we uh, we organized decolonization programs. You talk about the BPP, uh, Jalil Muntakeen, who was a former Black Panther Party member and a Black Liberation Army veteran, former political prisoner of war, um, did uh, 49 years. He wrote a book called "We Are Our Our Own." Mm-hmm, sorry to say, "We Are Our Own Liberators," uh, and in that book, he lays out uh, decolonization programs, which is a development on top of an outgrowth of survival programs. You know, where survival programs said uh, uh, survival pending revolution, decolonization programs, as he says, uh, say revolution pending survival. They're an offensive uh, structure. That says that, uh, you know, we can't wait for the state. And that doesn't mean that we should, in the meantime, you know, make sure that our people have their needs met. But we need to start building up our structures right now for independence and for sovereignty. The United States is not going anywhere 
uh, without a fight. You know, this 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 system, this reality is not going anywhere without a fight. No colonial situation has resolved itself without a fight. Uh, that, that no colonial situation has also resolved itself without removing its structures and institutions. And so when we say we want a, a different world, we're very specific in particular in that and saying we, we organize towards socialism. And that means that we have to have the structures and proof that it works. We can't just say we're going towards socialism because it's better, you know, idealistically or historically. We have to be able to prove that. And so decolonization programs are a way for us to build up. Um, you talked about sharpening contradictions, sharpen the contradictions of right now, you know, that the state is not meet, meeting people's material needs. A few people who uh, work multiple jobs get together and have, you know, pooled their resources to be able to to provide. It proves that it's possible with these uh, the millions in excess that the state has uh, with the, you know, whatever, however many housing structures that outnumber the houseless folks in Oakland, you know, um, so that, you know, heightening contradictions, but also um, building up structures so that we can maintain and sustain ourselves without uh, this this government, the so-called government and so-called United States. And to say that, you know, once we are able to struggle for it and achieve our land, we can govern ourselves truly. Um, and we don't have to, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. rely on either the United States or some outside foreign power because we've been practicing, because we've been putting in the work to make sure that we have our institutions and structures in place. And so the question of, do I do I see myself as a cultural worker first? I'm of the mind of, uh, of Dennis Brutus. You know that is, mm -hmm. yeah. Michelle, he said that uh, he had a question or an interview. Someone asked him about if the uh, about political commitments of poets and if he thought that poets ought to be committed. And he said, you know, I think that everybody ought to be committed, and the poets are just one of the many everybodies. And so I don't, I don't see myself as an artist and a cultural worker contributing to a political organization. I see myself as an organizer. I see myself as a socialist. Um, who has a particular tool in his hand, which is, you know, mm. art, you know, like other folks who do other things. There are some, you know, maybe athletes. There are some uh, some folks who have economic or tech backgrounds and they have special contributions to make. But all of our all of our charge is to be effective organizers against this exploitative system right now and towards the building up of our new thing. Hold on. So I, I was curious about you. You talked in, I think, one of your statements about your influences, name checking, you know, really great revolutionary writers and theorists and activists in the struggle, deep in the struggle, like Sonia Sanchez and Almancar Cabral and the revolutionary poet and leader of the Guinea-Bissau um, independence struggle, um, uh, Almancar Cabral, as well as Sada Shakur and Kuasi Balagun of the BPP. You're talking about... Uh, Talk about those influences in terms of your writing and in terms of using that tool. That yeah, yeah. Talked about. There's a there's an anthology called uh called Black Fire. It's pretty, mm -hmm. a pretty famous Black Arts Movement anthology, and Kwasi Balagun has some poetry in there. When I look back at the Black Arts Movement and Black Power Movement, Black Liberation Movement, there is a blurring of lines between the organizers and the artists. Asada Shakur writing some of the most beautiful poetry I've ever read to date, you know, and also, you know, getting busy organizing, you know, part of the Black Liberation Army organizing with the Black Panther Party and consistently just bouncing between organizations to materialize her beliefs. Um, the, and the list could go on, you know, the people yeah. that are named, especially in that context, um, it was because they're shining examples of what it means to be an artist and how that is not the stopping point nor the starting point. 
um, and how there's a there's a responsibility. Kwasi Balagun, you know, similarly getting down with the Black Liberation Army and just having a. <laughs> I appreciate his writing uh, and his spirit because he's a he's very confrontational, right. and I that. And so when I think about like personal influences, when I look when I look to Asada's example in her life and her writing, there is a a seamless humanity in her political commitments and her political beliefs and her artistic expressions. Um, when she writes, and which is like very similar to, you know, when Sonia Sanchez is writing about, you know, loved ones and really a lot of, a lot of writers during the, the Black Arts Movement, when they're writing about Malcolm, when they're uh, memorializing the folks who have fallen, when they're writing Free Huey poems, you know, these, it's just so, so much, there's so much love involved in that. And that game coming back to that quote at the beginning of the book, just like that, the relationship between uh, humanity, emotions, and political commitments. And I think that these folks exemplify that, um, never giving up on either, you know, never giving political ground for the emotions, never giving, uh, at least, you know, not in expression, emotional ground for the politics. Well, thank, thank you for that. Um, I really, um, we got some pretty deep into some of the, the politics and sort of the theory of this. Uh, I also want to um, take a moment for you to choose one more poem, um, maybe a couple more, but one more poem for sure um, that you think kind of exemplifies that that uh, inextricability of the struggle with making art. Ooh, I, I, maybe that, that was that was pressure. Now I got you. You just told me to live up to. I uh, know I did, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think I'm thinking about uh, what's happening in Atlanta right now with yeah. the recall charges for uh, protesters and the precedence that is set, the, the mentioning of, you know, three years ago, um, when, when George, George Floyd was killed. But now, you know, here today, three years later, they're, they're, they're utilizing folks' actions uh, to do some pretty, pretty nasty work. And I'm just thinking about organization versus mobilization, which is something that Kwame Ture was uh heavy on uh heavy on talking about and there's a poem that was kind of inspired by the point he makes around mobilization versus organization and it's uh okay so maybe the rally won't get us free i have drummed at more protests than celebrations by protest i mean we had a target and goals without permits we marched to the rhythm of tears beating the pavement skin. What's clear is we've been here before and will again. What's clear is there will be war until we win the war. If there is no war, then maybe the U.S. will sand castle crumble. If there is no U.S., Maybe Africa can sleep with both eyes closed. Maybe Cuba can get a decent shot at a Sunday afternoon. Maybe Palestine will look back on occupation as a faint memory. Maybe our movements coming to a standstill won't be surrendered. Okay, so maybe the rally won't get us free on this here Tuesday, but listen, for a few hours, my lungs heave with a force besides grief. And thousands of pissed off cardboard posters bounce beside me. And yes, yes, we have to organize outside of mobilizations, but they're killing children over there and over here. 
and last night, and the week before last, and since the first settlers colonized, and don't that mean we got to burn something? And don't that mean we don't stop till sunrise blossoms and burnt orange haze spills across skyline bridges? And ain't that physics or human nature or the least we could do for our babies? There is entirely too much ash in this oxygen. There are simultaneously not enough fires on the West Coast this evening, I say coast, and think of river borders and sea blockades, of gas mask kufias and bandana bandages, of dense populations and open air prisons, of rocks denting literal cannons. My comrades, my comrades remind me there are fires to start. And I realize my hands are not nearly dirty enough mm. no doubt feel that every day thank you for that that's uh, important and beautiful oh. yeah um so uh, one of the things that you know just to sort of carry on um um we've already talked about this a lot and clearly you know obviously um one of the interesting things I found in the book and, and, and as part of the, I think, you know, to, to say cultural work as part of the, the cultural work and the, the, the using every opportunity to sort of uh, uh, maximize the impact this artist tool that you have is, um, you know, so you sort of begin with, um, you know, two kind of ellipses, the colon, semicolon. I'm having my des book design geek moment here. Apologies uh, in the light of that. <laughs> beautiful poem of struggle but um bottom line is um you know you come to the end and and there's learning how to get active there's like places to go there's like play you know places where people can plug into can tap into uh, any number of amazing movements from critical resistance to the neighbor program um as well as you know some of the references and some of the deep kind of inspirations you you have um from for some of these poems um you know clearly um you know people's programs is an organization by and for black people for new african people and obviously an important space what would you tell people like me like white supporters how to how to maximize our privilege to make you know to make this change happen that we're talking about Maybe for sure. I, if I could speak personally for a second, I don't really dig. Uh, uh, let me see. The framework of privilege is unhelpful. What kind of happened just now, right? You saw yourself as separate from mm. uh, from this space and from from this thing as a supporter. And Fair I think enough. much more what's needed. We whether you're going back to John Brown or Marilyn Buck. Uh, you know, or, or David Gilbert, you know, is, is folks who see themselves as aligned with and as a part of uh, the new African independence struggle, because it is, you know, even if, uh, say, the, the Republic of New Africa is one and, and folks don't necessarily want to be members of, uh, you know, the nation, that's that's a question for, for later. But right now we have a common enemy. And the mm. question how, you know, we, we don't have a contradiction between our struggles. If you're an anti-imperialist, if you're an anti-colonial, anti-capitalist, if you have not identified what you are for necessarily yet, it's all mm -hmm. good. You know? Yeah. yeah. Even if you if you aren't necessarily a socialist, that's something to be worked out later on. You don't have to align with socialism necessarily. 
you got to acknowledge this shit, this thing <laughs> right now is not working. And so there is a space for people who do not identify themselves as black or African or new African inside of people's programs, though it is important um, to have an eye toward, you know, not a what is your privilege, but who are you connected to? You know, where, yeah. where are your family's coworkers? Do you have mostly white or European friends? You know, what are they doing and how are you coming to people's programs to learn the skills to be able to go back and to organize them, not to, you know, get together to uh, simply pool money. Money is important. If you have money, donate to people's programs. Absolutely. And <laughs> don't stop there because what it, what is important and again, so necessary is for folks to see themselves inside of a struggle against a material struggle against capitalism and toward a resolution of uh, these, these deathly death dealing contradictions. Mm. Thank so you. If you want to tap, you know, pull up to pull up to people's programs. Sign up to volunteer. There, mm-hmm. there is no uh, racial or ethnicity requirement for volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, have have the guiding and shining lights of Marilyn Buck, David Gilbert, John Brown in mind right. when you pull up. I would say and think about how you're utilizing this and seeing yourself in it, not as not as separate, not as a a supporter in the background, but to say what is you know what is my relationship. My material relationship and benefiting from uh, the liberation of the United States from imperialism, the so-called United States from imperialism, capitalism, and colonialism. Um, you know, First Nations people being given their their land and their sovereignty and independence back. You know, what is what is all of our relationships to those things? And we mm-hmm. talk about this uh, environmentalism and how you know it's beneficial for all of us. It's it's important to know what we're actually talking about is a revolutionary struggle. Right. That's the only way that we're, we'll save the planet because these right. folks letting go until they die. There, I appreciate that, and I think you know one of the, it, it brings to mind for me one of the a, a favorite sort of slogan from the climate justice movement, which I've been involved in pretty deeply, has been um, to change everything. It takes everyone, and yeah. uh, I wonder if you have a poem for that uh, or something change- like that. Mm, let's see. <laughs> I want to get a, I want to get some more poetry in here because it's your reading is brilliant and so's your thought, but I appreciate the reading. I know. Let me flip through. Let's see. The show. Uh I think it speaks more to our conversation just now, um, about like what the responsibility of outside folks might be. It's called a nonprofit equity statement walks into a summer 2020 writing workshop. Your Black Lives Matter lot top sticker is not doing the work you think it is. I wanna talk about the inclusion committee. I wanna talk about your staff and board. I wanna talk about the students you do not serve. I wanna talk about what you did not do. Before shell casings ricocheted off unarmed flesh, before buildings like yours became cheap lumber, before downtown populated into campfire chants, before marshmallows like you started looking like midnight snacks, before a thousand pitchforks gathered in skyscraper alleys, before Monday night looked like a decent occasion for pig funerals, before election ads revealed politicians only show teeth at mealtime. I want to talk about your aversion to the word black. I want to talk about the seats at your dinner table, 
I want to know if you would die for a Black person. I want to know if you would vacate your house for a Black family. I want to know what you look like 12 months away from luxury. I do not mean a year-long artist residency. I do not mean your missionary work of gentrifying unceded territory. I mean you having to plan a funeral no one in your family can afford. I do not want you to understand how we feel. I do not care if you understand. I want you to feel it. I want to turn your organs inside out. I want to really reverse racism your skin. I want you strung up naked on a flagpole. Call it a Pledge of Allegiance, how you stripe red, how you bleed for a population that betrayed you. And I don't want you to die. I want you to flap there in the wind until you muster the strength to pull yourself down, wiggling to half-mast by your bootstraps. Till your mother arrives to find what's left of you with a lynch mob's worth of questions and no answers and no suspects, even though the entire town knows who did it. I want you hobbling back to the sunny side of a high rise. I want your heavy breathing to bruise your ribs on the drive to work. I want you to retell the story of how you cracked shell broke runny. I want you to struggle to talk about it. I want you to perish a little inside whenever you pass a cop. I want you to faint at the sight of an American flag. I want you to throw up when you hear the national anthem. I want you to wince at the thought of a traffic stop. I want you to study John Brown as a blueprint. I want you to study Marilyn Buck and see a future for yourself. I want you to take responsibility for the unclaimed skulls in the ocean. I want you to take a hard look at your grandmother's checkbook. I want you to literally, literally fist fight your grandparents. I want you to end all of this right now. That is brilliant. So appropriate. In fact, that's one of the ones that I dog-eared, like, you know, that needs to be heard on air. And I really appreciate that work and sentiment. It's me personally, for sure. How we do that, how we how we uh, choose to to join and how we choose to be a part of uh, what must, must happen. Absolutely. This is St. Shadrach inviting you to join me every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 6 for Shadrach's Inferno on KXSF. There's room for everyone in the Inferno, and we play it all. Unhinged punk, deconstructed funk, uncharted jazz, and dislocated pop. Tune in and turn up the heat with Shadrach's Inferno, Thursdays at 4 on KXSF. It contains traces of Honky Tonk, Chanky Chank, Rubber Dug, Gutter Glam, and Red Dye number 12. Tune in, tune in Thursdays. Indeed. Get that. Get that Inferno in your life. XSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. Programming on KXSF is brought to you in part by Standard Deviant Brewing in San Francisco. Standard Deviant is a craft brewer with an indoor beer garden atmosphere located at 280 14th Street in San Francisco's Mission District. Standard Deviant brews a wide array of fresh and local beers, including lagers, IPAs, Heifeweizens, porters, and the infamous Orchata Cream Ale. Standard Deviant welcomes all races, genders, religions, and strives to support groups in San Francisco, making a positive impact on the community. Thank you, Standard Deviant, for supporting KXSF San Francisco Community Radio. Our second Sunday's poet, Darius Simpson was curious about the title where did never catch me come from for you 
Yeah, there's a video uh song by Flying Lotus featured. Yeah. And that's where the you know the cover oh. is inspired by too. There's a question of what they were running from. Right. So I asked the person that was making the image to uh kind yeah. of imagine where they were going or what they were mm-hmm. coming from. And I appreciate it because it's like either they're being pulled apart or they're materializing, which is part of what the, the video does where they start off in the coffin and then they end up in the back of the hearse, but they're driving the hearse. So just this question, this question mark around death, which again I think is a huge theme throughout the book, especially starting with We Don't Die and like the blurring of lines between historical uh figures and movements and you know present day and future.
KXSFLP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM. Ooh, okay. Uh, one is from Dream Girls. There's a poem about Dream Girls in the book. Okay. Uh, Love You, I Do by Jennifer Hudson. And then Eye to Eye from the Disney movie Goofy. Yeah. It's by uh, Ted Campbell singing as Powerline. Tell me about that. There's yeah. also there's a poem there's multiple poems about a uh, power line in the book right uh, a figure in Goofy movie and I, I yeah I used them as a figure for kind of like uh, thinking through or talking about my sibling at one point but also just as this this like my first introduction to R and B and like theatrics in a way and I really feel seen in the Max slash power line dynamic where I feel like outside of poetry outside of the stage this you know kind of kind of awkward droopy droopy clothed teenage kid always uh, uh, uh and then on stage like when the lights come up you know turn into this uh this other thing whatever yeah. that's, i see power line in that so i really appreciated being able to like write in the voice of power line yeah actually i actually dog-eared that and went oh yeah ode to power line i loved uh, that that's a great one yeah thank you
Indeed, we are seeing it eye to eye, of course. That is Tevin Campbell and Rosie Gaines. From the, the A Goofy Movie soundtrack. And uh, talking to poet, Second Sunday's poet, Darius Simpson, about, well, his, his art and bedroom dancing and influences those those two songs not, i don't think i'm getting to the jennifer hudson dream girl soundtrack love you i do that he talks about but uh that was eye to eye with kevin campbell rosie gaines the power line figure that he talks about in his poems uh that being owed to power line in uh never catch me as well as uh as well as uh, the Dream Girls soundtrack number five uh, poem from that same book, uh, After Effie White. So we're going to continue with the conversation. More about politics, more about art, more about politics and poetry. This is Darius Simpson in conversation, our second Sunday poet. I mean, we've been talking about it the whole time, really. You know, I had a kind of summation question that is really about everything we've been talking about. Really, that arts and culture and the written word and the, the kind of, I don't want to say like politics and action that you put out and, and people like Sonia Sanchez and Asada Shakur have put out over the years. It's always been a big part of the struggle in the broadest terms and I know we've talked about this, has been the theme of this conversation today, but how would you feel art can make social change? How do you charge the, the people who have these skills and these tools? And maybe it's more like advice for folks coming up and you know, seeing their expression, trying to figure out how to use their expression. Maybe a, a summation about that. How do we make social change with the, the these tools that we're given? Make revolution, really, with the tools we're given. Sure. I would say that um, not not to be a pessimist or you know rain on the parade, but we don't. <laughs> the, mm. the artist, the artist doesn't make those things. The people sure. do. You know, the 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 masses do. What well, we have a tool to do. What well, we have a the ability, the privilege to do, the honor is to reflect back what's already happening, which is again what's most important for us to be outside and involved in the thing. Um, we have the ability to. Uh, you know, show what's happening at, you know, the food program, you know, show what other people share with other people. We have the ability to read history and bring it in a new creative way that inspires people for a new future, um, to put it broadly. I think that the, what is the charge? Like what I would say to to folks is that, again, the charge is to, to get active, not to write a particular way, not to put out a, a specific kind of art, but to make explicit political commitments because... This, the smoke is literally rising. You know what I mean? Like this, mm -hmm. this shit is on fire. The world is on fire right now. Um, and our elders, you know, we they they deserve more. I was started a writing workshop recently, and it was from SOS, calling all black people. And mm -hmm. in it, there's a 1994 essay from Amiri Baraka, where he was saying the failures of that time. You know, he was like looking back. You know, we don't have the institutions, organizations. We don't have, you know, these spaces. I I, I can't help but understand it as a lack of commitment, which is a, a lack of us accurately studying 
history and interpreting it correctly, you know, to our to our right now, to our terrain. Um, and so if I'm if I'm talking to younger artists, I would say get active and stay active, um, specifically in organizations that are working to end capitalism and colonialism, to end imperialism, um, and are working for, you know, all people's liberation. Uh, you know, but if it starts off with a particular group, it's good, you know, working for queer people's liberation, whomever, and to stay away from groups that are <laughs> working for reform type things, you know, where they're looking mm -hmm. for a better, a better reality for right now for their people, as opposed to a transformed reality where these, uh, these systems and people can't survive that are facilitating our oppression. Well, thank you for that. And thank you. We've been listening to, to Darius Simpson, poet, educator, activist, organizer, and revolutionary. I wonder if I could uh, ask you for one last kind of summation poem. For sure. In the spirit of looking forward, if I'm caught between a badge and a hard place three hours after the streetlights turn on, Will you church it? Will you pass it along pews of almost saints until it reaches the whole congregation? Will you tithe it? Will you stretch it thin like goat skin over the shell of a djembe drum? Will you slap it? Will you let the echo dance naked in the wet cave of your throat? Will you bark it? Will you sing it? Like my mother is listening. Will you inhale until your lungs nearly burst? Then inhale some more. Then inhale some more. Then and only then will you say my name. Will you put some stank on it? Will you juke joint James Brown it? Will you Jerry Curl spray it? How? How can I rest in peace or power? If you get all lazy-lipped when you're talking about me, will you scoop it thick? Will you stir it slow? Will you mac and cheese it? Will you mm, 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 to spread the savory over your tongue? Will you let it marinate? Will you serve it with Sunday dinner? Now, if you say my name and cast iron skillets don't start to rattling, that mean you ain't say it loud enough. Will you say it again? If a redwood don't split open from the trunk, that mean you ain't pronounce it right. Will you say it again? Will you redecorate this city in streams of fire after me? Will you paint downtown a scorching hue? Will you stain this sky in black smoke? Will you tell ghost stories over the ashes of this empire? Will you scream it? Will you stand out in the clutter of some rush hour traffic to let these folks know what kind of boots I wore? Will you stomp it into the soil of the last place where I laughed with my whole body? Will you dance it? Will you Saturday night praise it? Will you tambourine it? Will you drunken favorite song shout it will you full moon howl will you shriek will you moan will you chant will you live will you fight will you cry will you cry for me will you brilliant thank you thank you darius simpson um can you tell me what was the name of that poem uh, if, if I'm caught between a badge and a hard place. Right. 
hours after the streetlights turn on. Well, thank you again, uh, Dara Simpson, again, author, activist, revolutionary, author of Never Catch Me, out on uh, 2022 on Button Poetry and Exploding Pinecone Press. Thank you for coming through and sharing your passion and the the art that is with any hope part of that change of the, of the revolution to come. No doubt. Appreciate you having me. Right. Is there anything else you want to say in terms of um, stuff coming up, readings or or workshops that you would direct people to? Or yeah, um, you know, sign up to volunteer with People's Programs, peoplesprograms.com/volunteer. I have a free writing workshop. It's monthly. You can follow When the Smoke Comes on Instagram if you want to attend the workshop. Again, it's free. I ask folks to RSVP just so I know for snacks and things, but it's not necessary. You can just pull up. But yeah, it's only two things. Come on and volunteer. Come on and come on and write these poems. Right on. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a real honor and a pleasure to to hear you speak and to to uh, yeah to have this conversation with you tonight. I appreciate you. Thanks again to Darius Simpson. For that bedroom dancing and radical politics. Gotta appreciate both. And this is my confession, my confessional track. A uh, little bedroom dancing for me with this one for sure. A classic and a classic R&B soul love. Trees Russian, forget me not.
Christ will catch you. Life will catch you. Life will catch you. Spirit can catch you. Yeah. Rising like tenfold, but you're more concerned with my mental. Shutting down is your default. Sunken in for Chico. Sun is out and it feels cold. Camera zoom with the ego. Find a bench and we recall. Memories of the people. Reconnect with the real gold. Camera zoom on my people.
of a great fight. Tied together. And that was new music from the Black Pumas. 
more than a love song. And before that, Sampha, Spirit 2.0. And uh, before that, Forget Me Nots from Patrice Russian's Straight From The Heart, re-released recently on Strut Recordings. And that was my my bedroom slash revolutionary dancing a classic. Uh, thanks again to our second Sunday's poet Darius Simpson for coming through, reading from his Never Catch Me book. Beautiful work. Uh, and of course, I did. I was able to. Pull in a little Jennifer Hudson, love you, I do, as we had talked about. Inspiration for his poem, Dream Girls Soundtrack 5, after Effie White. So I'd encourage you to go check that out and uh, read that poem. It's available online. You search that again. Uh, it's re it is on an online poetry site. So check that out. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in to the Frequency Uplift here on a Sunday night, KXSF LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM, and a little more, a little more music for you now. A little out of Oakland clipping in collaboration with Aho Sun. And this is Till the Sun Down. Featuring clipping, featuring Rosina, KXSF LP San Francisco, the frequency uplift.
So you cope with the choking, the throat is rope burnt, the voice a death note and these folk be bespoke in your art like you would ever be speaking to them like they would ever be speaking to you no they would never be seen in your skin but they be dipped in your speech like a suit it ain't made for they frame they don't know where hang loose they never even sweat off the ill fit they just dismorph your body of work they should really expect you to kill shit but they choose pitchfork and commence to twerk like it don't look ridiculous well shit go ahead it's more head and more wet and more wet cheeks no sleep no bed no more red lights there's no driving just red eye flights and no more mr nice no more misses only hits for kids that's the business welts on face and belt marks on ribs it's praise for abuse love the way you live it so they don't have to smile for the gold for the camera the diamonds you're old or as old as the land that was stolen to mine them it's time to collect that's the gun to the side of your neck Whoa. now why he pulled a gun out run away run away Now why he pulled a gun out? It ain't safe, no. Now why he pulled a gun out? Run away, run away.
That was Till the Sun Down by Aho San, A-H-O-S-S-A-N, with Clipping and Racina, a Paris-based uh, African artist. Um, his artist's name, uh, Aho San, but name of Niamke Desire in the back and carrying on from Micaiah McRaven in these times the new as in I knew you the new untitled this is KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM and again we're in our fun drive so if you please check out our fun drive page lots of great swag and things up there to support this San Francisco community radio station. Go to kxsf.fm slash support. Hit that donate button and check it out. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks again to our second Sunday poet, Darius Simpson. Check out
The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is a leading-edge order of queer nuns. Since their first appearance in San Francisco on Easter Sunday, 1979, the Sisters have devoted themselves to community service, ministry, and outreach to those on the edges and to promoting human rights, respect for diversity, and spiritual enlightenment. The Sisters believe all people have the right to express their unique joy and beauty, and they use humor and irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry, complacency, and guilt that chain the human spirit. For more information, go to thesisters.org. That was Christina and the Queen's Tears Can Be So Soft. This is KXSF LP San Francisco 102.5 FM. I want to let you know that Old Jerusalem is proud to underwrite KXSF 102.5 FM, a small family owned Mediterranean restaurant with a beautiful heated outdoor patio. Old Jerusalem is 16 years in the heart of the mission. Their West Bank cuisine is a traditional spread of Middle Eastern delights ranging from lamb, mansaf, shawarma, kebabs to vegetarian dishes like falafel, homemade hummus, plus their famous dessert kunafa made in-house on a, a traditional cast iron griddle. So check them out if you can. 
You can check them out at www.oldjerusalem.co or you can visit at 2966 Mission Street at 26, just a couple blocks from 24th Street, BART in San Francisco. Thank you, Old Jerusalem, for supporting San Francisco Community Radio.
and Billy, even when she blew, talking at the sun, we used to dance. Holy earth is me, golden lady over the years. We insist, moon face and starry die. Music, 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 music is the magic. It's magic. Straight ahead, the people in me, the world falling down. Honeysuckle rose, I let a song go out my heart Wake the town, tell the people I let a song go out my heart Wake the town, tell the people I let a song go And that was from Jazz Codes, More Mother and Melanie Charles, Golden Lady. Before that, Lost at Night. New music from The Session there out of Oakland. There, uh, new release, Nowhere, coming out soon. Going to have a release party at the New Parish on uh, Friday the 20th. Going to leave you now. Thanks again to our second Sunday's poet, Darius Simpson coming along in the background. A little Addy Oasis instrumental, Les Départs from Lotus Glow. Want to let you know that uh, going to switch maybe over to First Fridays, poets. Check out Friday Morning Frequencies. And now this is Geronimo Blues to take us out from Speaker's Corner Quartet. when he said I don't want to be washed up without you evolved to a lump in a shell looking out at the world with no legs no hands, no head no glands no plans, no throat, just sand she said well don't go backwards don't stay sat down too long don't be background sound drowned out don't get stuck, move on don't get caught found out, don't get lost, don't get crossed out, don't get squashed, don't come back, don't leave, don't get drum tracks, don't get reverb, I get you, but you don't get me, he said I never see more than I see right now, but we've never known less, we've never known trust, no wisdom, how can a million blips with their silicone chips and an Instagram twitch repair the deep cracks to the kingdom? She said, we're defined by our ill-formed opinions, refreshed by the shock of it all. How novel. And I said, we live in the thrall of a gaggle of demons with horsey demeanors and outdated opinions. And they sit on their lawns with their thousand pound picnics fresh from a hard day of speaking in tongues and murdering children, cutting the funds to education and healthcare. They sentence our young to a lifetime of debt Lovely tuxedos, satin and velvet. Losing control, pedal another terrorist threat. Opportunity knocks. Britain's on his knees with blood dripping from his socks. Driven to new degrees of desperation and unease. With a mouthful of blame and tattoos that say what? Meanwhile, this immigrant this, immigrant that. 
while the populants pop into pop-ups and pop out for pictures and popcorn and it's popping off see the twin bulls of locked horns and the wise man says when there is hope it's already too late Geronimo nothing but air free falling imagining something is there it keeps calling come into the light open up your chest why are you so uptight and so stressed come into the future it's lovely over here just put your headset on and everything will be clear disappear here take this pill stop worrying load this world stop fidgeting go your own way stop following make your own moves be everything wake up and love more eat slogans for breakfast and shit out the alphabet then read the foul future before you pull the trigger and flush the whole mess into the contaminated river and he said yeah i know i'm supposed to be angry but lately i'm just into gumfuls of mandy and techno it's so nice when you hold me don't let go but let's go back to the matter at hand and she said i don't want to be washed up without you and the sea crept up a little closer to the land geronimo blues when there's nothing left to lose but the planet Jump off the edge and give thanks. Geronimo blues when there's nothing left to lose. Go past language and fill in the blanks. Go past language. Fill in the... This is KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM, frequency uplift and out.